Stephanie, Triple H, I'm sorry. Now that that nonsense is out of the way, we have a deal. My path to WrestleMania is clear for me to get my hands on Ronda Rousey, right? Because if anybody tried to steal my dream away from me, they would find themselves in the fight of their lives. You understand that? I don't care if it's you or you or anyone. No one is taking my dream away from me. Becky wouldn't have it any other way. Congratulations. You're going to WrestleMania. So before you actually do something silly out there, I'll let, let me get this off my chest. I think that Stephanie's right. That could be one of the greatest main events of all time. But Becky, I think you think you're bigger than WWE. You've got an attitude, you got a bad attitude. I don't like bad attitudes. That goes for you too, Rhonda. So you're not the man. I'm the man. Sometimes a man has to make tough decisions, okay? And here's one of them. Becky, you're suspended for 60 days. I'm not going to accept your apology. They may. I'm not, okay? Which means, let's see, that suspension runs out. Oh, five days after this WrestleMania. We need someone to take your place, someone with charisma, someone with charm, someone who knows their lane and they stay in it. We need someone who's going to take Ronda to the limit. We need Charlotte Flair. Oh, what? Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of Just What the Internet Needed More Of. That's right, it's a wrestling podcast. It's another wrestling podcast. It is called Top Marks. It's another wrestling podcast called Top Marks. My name is Justin Morissette and with me once again as always is... He's thinking of the problems of the people. It's the brain genius... Josh Custodio. Hey, so uh, you're surviving that weather out there, Justin? Uh, I, I am, yeah. It's all people want to talk about is this this snow. Have people been asking you that a lot this week? Uh, yeah, I guess so on some level. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a topic that comes up a lot. I feel like it's a hard thing to talk about. I don't have that much to say about the snow. People hmm. be like, oh, what do you think of this snow? And it's like... Not a ton. Yeah, it's all Mike and I have been talking about. <laughs> Just sitting around yeah. your apartment here at Studio Skyloft. Yeah, I'll come out of my, my bedroom and be like, have you been outside today? How is it? <laughs> <laughs> For those of you, uh, you know, uh, which is all of you who are audio-only listeners to our non-video podcast, Studio Skyloft is all windows. Mm-hmm. There is there is yeah. no need to, to wonder what the and weather may be. And we've reconfigured it. I we, was going to bring it up. The feng shui is different in here. I love the new energy. Changed the, uh, the layout of the room, and we get to uh, enjoy this nice... Nice view of the downtown court. This is much nicer than, uh, you know, looking at a TV that's usually off sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Typically, we're sitting at the couch. Now, we're sitting at a table looking out the window. Uh, Rest in peace to the real good studios. But we're back to facing one another when we record the podcast. Yeah, around a table. I feel kind of intimidated by this again. I'm so used to sitting beside you. Yeah, now you have to stare me in the eyes if you don't like it. Well, no, it's not that I don't like it. I like it too much. Ah, well, it's Valentine's Day. Yeah, happy Valentine's I guess we're one another's Valentine's today, j I suppose so, yeah. Uh... Happy Valentine's! Do you, are you a Valentine's Day guy? Uh, not really. I yeah. mean, it, sort of. Yes and no. Like I, I'll, I'll, 
I would go out for dinner for yeah. it or whatever. Like, you know, put together some kind of date, but it's not. You're not going hog wild. It's not the biggest date of the year or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah you save that. Not that for... that's a problem for me uh, <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> there's there's lots. Any date could be the biggest I'm date. I'm just of the saying. Year at this point. I assumed that your question implied how do I treat it when I'm in a relationship, which, of course, I currently am not. Right. Yeah. No, I, yeah. that is sort of what I meant. Yeah. I because I guess when you ask, are you a big Valentine's Day guy? <laughs> if I'm not in a relationship, relationship uh i would it would be weird if i said yes Can wouldn't I? it well i i don't know because i gotta tell you this might be my favorite valentine's day ever really well i'm single mm-hmm. and i don't have to fucking think about doing valentine's day was well, this your first valentine's day being single i don't know about first but first in a minute for sure All where right. where there was uh so and listen that's when i'm in one you know i can sort of get down with the but but like what now you're waiting in lines everywhere you need reservations I just, i'm going home to eat chili tonight. you were in a relationship last valentine's day well you know Listen, without exposing too much on the show, uh, not always in necessarily a committed relationship, <laughs> but always with somebody who's like, oh, we should spend Valentine's Day together because we're at this uh, place in things. And so. then, yes, and this year, it's me, <laughs> yeah. and we should spend Valentine's Day together because we're to. at this place, and this place is 90 episodes wow. of Top Marks. Wow. We're 10 away from 100. Wow, that I think that math adds up. It does feel weird, 90 episodes into this, eh? Mm-hmm. It's a lot of hours. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, But I still feel, I feel like our stride is yet to come in some ways. Yeah. I feel I feel like the show's just getting started. Yeah, 10,000 hours is what's required, I think, to oh. be uh, even passable at something, is what I believe the old adage is. Yeah, I don't know if that's an old adage or something you just invented. Yeah. But I think, yeah, like you always say, 10,000 hours is what it takes to become an expert mm-hmm. at something. Yeah, That's... I think I heard that in a Macklemore song. Is <laughs> that? The one about how he's not gay. <laughs> <laughs> what do I say? Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the world's most vivacious, most romantic wrestling podcast. It is, of course, Top Marks, and we're so glad to have you with us today in a week, Justin. <laughs> have you seen Popstar? Yeah, never stop, never stop. Yeah, yeah. I like that movie more than most people do. I I do too. I also feel like the bunt of the jokes a lot is Macklemore. <laughs> yes, and the- holy shit, the <laughs> some of the bits are insanely funny. They take anyways, up to the woodshed. Anyways, uh, would you agree, JMO, that this was sort of like a, a sleepy news week for uh, for? I wasn't expecting a lot to come out, but I feel like we have a lot to get to on the show today. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of things going on. Yeah, you expected it to be sleepy. No, one? I expected. Sorry, I should have said sleeper. Where it's like, how how is this gonna be lead up to Elimination Chamber on a two-week turnaround, but I feel like shit went down in the wrestling world this week, and luckily you and I are here to, uh, I don't know, about break it down, but sort of riff on it. And break like, it down! So let's start with uh, J-Mo. I think, I think the listeners of the podcast want to hear us. They want to hear us talk about this, because your favorite wrestler, Jay White, <laughs> is now the IWGP champion. I, w- I watched it. It's not my favorite guy. Definitely Mike's favorite guy. Mike does love... Uh, I never saw him in a bowling alley, so I don't have any uh, <laughs> unnecessary emotional attachment to uh, breathing with the switchblade. But look, yes, no, I did I did very much enjoy his match at Wrestle Kingdom yep. with Okada. Mm-hmm. I think Okada deserves most of the credit for that. Well, I mean, we, we said on the show, and it's like, listen, a 14-minute match with Okada at Wrestle Kingdom isn't the barometer for how good of a wrestler somebody is. Mm. But it was a good sign that he didn't drop the ball necessarily like he had the year before with, with Tanahashi. How was this match uh, on on Sunday night? I believe because I haven't watched it. Significantly better than their Wrestle Kingdom twelve. Match. Okay, that's that's encouraging to hear. Uh, and it was yeah, it was good. Not lights out. Well, should I go back and watch it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And how do we feel about the decision to have Jay White now looming over the top of the new Japan Pro Wrestling world? Uh, I feel like it was telegraphed too much, honestly. Mm. 
Because the whole thing with Jay White right now is that it's like they're recreating the Okada storyline. Sure. And Okada had the uh, the the shock in what was it called, Mike? Osaka. The Osaka shock or wow. whatever. How about the Osaka shaka? Huh? Yeah. What do you think of that? The shock in Osaka. <laughs> and they kept talking about it, and then it's like now this year there'll be a switchblade shock. <laughs> and they like even in like the Japanese video packages. Yeah. It would be like a bunch of Japanese, and then. Switch a blade shocker. <laughs> it's, like, it's like okay, you're yeah. tipping your hand a little bit. A here. little strong. Yeah. They're leaning a little heavy into it. Uh, you and I both, I would say, sort of vocal uh, detractors of Jay White at points mm. in time. How how are you feeling about him right now? For to take the temperature of the Justin Madman Morissette's feelings on one Switchblade Jay White. Where are we? He's still not the top guy there. So yeah, like ha- having him and Mike was talking about this to me last night, saying, well. Uh, did you know that the IWGP title has never changed hands more than twice in a calendar year? And we're in February, and it's already changed twice. Yeah. Uh, that does seem like an important stat in this discussion. So he was saying, uh, Switchblade probably going to be champion all the way until Wrestle Kingdom 14. Oh, I hope not. That sounds really bad and boring to me. Yeah, that, that would feel like a bit of a drag, wouldn't now, it? Now, I'm open to the possibility of Jay White getting a good run in here and me being able to look back on this in, you know, six months or whatever and thinking, this was good. Yes. This was good for New Japan. This was good for Jay White. But if you're going to tell me right now that for the rest of the year until Wrestle Kingdom next year, it's going to be Jay White at the top of the card of every New Japan show... I don't think that's a good idea. That hurts your interest in the product as a whole. Is that fair to say? Yes. Yeah, for me, it certainly does, where you no longer have the Omega or Okada match at the top to sort of, you know, uh, be the you know the big thing at mm-hmm. the end. The reason I'm tuning in, Jay White really doesn't have that pull for me right now. I, I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole because I think my f- feelings on Jay White are well-known, which are basically I find him is the gimmick kind of cringy, and I, I just don't feel all that drawn to him. I will say, as a, a giant Tetsuya Naito fan, a person who would consider him among my favorite wrestlers, him beating Jay White for that IWGP title eventually would feel massive. It would feel like a guy that I absolutely love beating a guy that I absolutely hate for the title. And that's sort of what wrestling's about in a yeah, way. Yeah, absolutely. Now, would it be too soon to do that at Madison Square Garden on Mania weekend? Well, like you had brought up, Mike saying that it has only you know changed hands never more than twice in a year. I, I actually think that helps belts as a generality. I don't like belt changes as often as WWE certainly does. Look at the tag divisions and whatnot. Obviously not during New Day's run, but as a generality, you know, the belts are, are fleeting. Mm-hmm. I like long reigns. I think that's how you increase a about sort of prestige. So would it be too fast to turn around already for when is that G1 card? Late April, I guess. So what's that? Two months from now? Yeah. That feels like too quick of a turnover for me. Could Maybe the best case scenario is you do that match. Naito draw, loses that one through some sort of, not nefarious means, but Guido's involved. Some sort of unclean. And then eventually Naito, maybe after dropping also the IC title, can go for it and win it at a later date. Maybe at Dominion. But... If you are New Japan, yeah, and you're doing this big show in Madison Square Garden mm-hmm. on Mania weekend. Do you not want to do something that upstages WWE on their own? We, we big were talking. We were talking about this off air, and you were right. They they want to steal WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. Like that's that's got to be the goal. And a title change definitely gets them closer to that than anything else. I don't see like a big debut happening. So yeah, I think that's definitely on the table. I just don't know. Is is Naito winning the belt in New York the best thing to do for him? This is the guy who Japan has been dying to have coronated with yeah. that name belt for so long. I, 
I, I do get the point of you want the title change on the show for the big moment, but does it lessen the coronation of Naito's moment? I think it does if, a little bit. Yeah, I think I, – yeah, it's probably the Tokyo Dome is the place to do that just given how many people have, like, been patiently waiting years for that to happen. <laughs> Literal years. But uh, I don't know. I just – I mean, we're, we're assuming that Naito wins the New Japan Cup in the first place, right? Yeah. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe yeah. Maybe he gets – screwed somewhere along the way. It but. could be somebody else if, for the Madison Square Garden show. I do think it's eventually Naito who takes that belt off of Jay White, mm-hmm. but uh, there might be a defense along the way. Yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, I was trying to make the case that Jay White on top for an entire year is extremely boring. <laughs> like, I'm getting tired just <laughs> thinking about thinking it. about it right now. Yeah. Jamo and other no. Mike was like, "Well, there's always other things going on in New Japan, right? Who like, is Mike? You keep up, and, up and down the card. There's things going on, and I'm I'm thinking about this. I'm like, but like Jericho was the big undercard draw for the entirety of last year. Yep, like that was the whole, Naito's entire year long story was him and Lij versus Jericho, and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And that's gone now too. Mm-hmm. I like the loss of Kenny and Jericho in terms of like my interest in continuing to tune in to watch these shows month to month. Yeah, kind of steep when I think about it. Yeah, I, and I, replacing him with Jay White is not an adequate replacement. This was the sense I got very much uh, just online this week was that you know Omega was. A big draw for a lot of people on top of that card, and uh, now obviously true of Jericho too. But I definitely think people were like, "Without Omega at the top of that card," now, I, I don't especially n- like right now with Okada being like shuffled down the card, and like his whole. I know it's like oh, he's trying to find himself or whatever, but to me, it's just like it feels like the John Cena U.S. title run, but without the title. Yeah, I, I get that. It's. I'm dying for Okada back in that main event picture at this yeah, point, but exactly. you know, I mean, I guess long term. The idea is that he comes back around and vanquishes Jay White, and and it's the the rainmaker back on top because he's he's found his how he, how, o- how Okada got his groove back hey, is basically what we're going through right now. Who doesn't want to watch that movie? But like again, this these are that's this is all long term stuff, and I'm not sure that there's enough uh, in the interim to keep me interested until these big marquee matchups come around. That's yeah, I think a lot of people feel that, and I, I don't know if I feel I don't feel like oh, the loss of Omega is that big for me in some ways, but I do feel like just the general top of the New Japan card is just not where I would like it to be right now. But JMO, another company producing the you know high I would say high end outside of WWE wrestling. All Elite Wrestling selling out their Double or Nothing first pay-per-view Las Vegas show in, in what? six minutes. Wow, that's fast. I mean, it Well, it depends what you're doing. But. Yeah, it doesn't. also doesn't really <laughs> count because like they sold almost all of the tickets in the pre-sale anyways. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, the general public sale uh, amounted to much in yeah. terms of what they had left. Yeah, it sounds like f- like a, f- a quarter of what they sold during the pre-sale was for the general public. Yeah, um, I'm not surprised though necessarily. I know you guys are shocked that like this is uh th- this was a sellout considering like you know well you went to all in and you're not gonna go again. I definitely am shocked. I I have no trouble saying that. But for every person like me who mm-hmm. who. Who only went to All In because I watched you guys go to <laughs> fucking Wrestle Kingdom 12 and felt like I missed out so much that, like, I I got to go on this trip because yeah, I, I can't miss out on this. Right. Like, there's people who watched me do that. For All or In. Or any number of the people who went to All In or just watched All In. Mm-hmm. 
and we're like, oh, I missed out on that. I can't miss out on the next one. It's kind of like a, it's an escalation. There will, I'm not going again, but there will be, for every fan who won't go, three will rise up to replace me. It's Medusa syndrome. Uh, Jim, uh, it's he, a Hydra, I believe, is what I'm talking about. No further questions. <laughs> uh, Jim, I, here's, here's the big question exiting this cell. And again, nice to see the, the support. Like I am genuinely mm-hmm. happy for, to see that. But here's the question exiting it for me. Is this all of their pay-per-views? Is this their first four? Is this their first two? How long will people be pre-selling it'll, out the hell? It'll stop once uh, they because they announced they're going to do a pay-per-view every month, right? Did a they not show. Say? I don't know if they're all pay-per-views, but there is a show every month from now until October, I think, which is all out. Okay. Uh, which September. Sh- September, yeah. Whatever the, the year anniversary. So, yeah, Labor Day, right? That yeah. was last year? Yeah, okay. Wow, can't believe how quick this time's going. But... Yeah, I, and then they're planning to launch their TV. That's after what it sounds out. like, uh, according to I think Wrestle Talk. Got yeah. the, the to uh, me, double or nothing. That was a natural sellout. I was expecting that. I don't know why people were so surprised by it. Well, um, this is why you're the wrestling pariah, and I'm a big time Mark. And I would I would assume All Out will also do extremely well. But the shows month to month, every month in between. The rush to grab tickets has to fall off at some point. Yeah, I would think so. Because right now it's a question of supply and demand. And there's a big demand and a small supply. When there's a great supply, I don't know if there's going to be enough demand to match it. That's mostly what I think, too. Uh, I do want to say a very nitpicky complaint about these guys. Again, I'm wishing the great. I want all the success. Why change the name of All In? Do WrestleMania and SummerSlam are All In and All Out for you? I feel like All In has... You think of all the branding. You can think of the picture. So-and-so is all in. Like, all of the... That's such set branding. It's the one thing that you had. And to mm. just now it's all out. I thought that was a bad call. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we we, we were calling double or nothing all in two. Yeah, that's right? true. Yeah. And all, and all out, I guess, would be all in three. Yeah. But <laughs> all the, of their pay-per-views are just all in and then the number to yeah, me. Yeah, like UFC. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. All in 234. <laughs> Rhodes versus all this. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I think that there is definitely – you're losing something by not going back to that name. Again. <clears throat> um, I think on some level. But also – Maybe not. Maybe it's just a one-off special thing. Clearly they know what they're doing, and I don't. So it's just what stood out to me. Um, It's interesting for me to think about, though, just, oh, I completely lost my train of thought, J-Mo. All in. What are you going to do? Sometimes it comes and goes. Uh, I don't don't know that I would be fired up to go to this show on the same level as the last one. This is what I was going to talk about. The card itself. How do we feel about it? Uh, Alpha Omega 2. Yeah. Who isn't interested in that? That's a big draw for me. I think that's very interesting. I like those two Hangman versus Pac is going to be awesome. I remember what I was going to say. Can I re-interject? Absolutely. Have you watched any of these Road to Double or Nothing YouTube videos? I have not. Okay. I think I've been a very vocal critic of the Being the Elite show. I do not understand the appeal to Being the Elite whatsoever. Road to Double or Nothing, I can get behind. They're stealing a lot of the UFC. Do you ever watch the UFC Embedded's? Uh, no. Okay, so UFC does this this weekly program. Maybe I do, but I'm not familiar with the name. The titling, sure. Yeah. Well, maybe as I describe it, you'll, you'll be like, oh, I've seen one or two of those. Go ahead. Uh, they basically have camera people who are embedded around the fighters for the week around the, the fight. the name. Exactly right. Uh, and it seems like the road to Double or Nothing is doing some of this. I thought these were great watches, and I must eat my words. Because I feel like Hangman Page comes across tremendously in these in these videos. There's he is 
this forced comedy in being the elite is killing these guys for me. Like, seeing Hangman have to do these terrible lines and Marty schmucking it up, I don't like it. But what hanging around with Hangman, who seems genuinely excited about the future of AEW, and, you know, he's like, I'm going to work harder than ever because, like, this, this could be something. I can get behind that mm-hmm. guy. So I, I would, I'm very curious to see where Hangman goes. These two videos really not single-handedly turned me around. I'm not saying he's my favorite wrestler, but I was like, Get these guys away from the forced comedy and get them getting to show them real selves as quickly as possible for me. Well, I had a, I had a hot take this week in the chat. Fire that, away. That was that what I chat, JMO? The Patreon chat. You can head on over to patreon.com slash topmarks. Well, what do you mean? So to, I could chat with you and other wrestling fans? Yeah. What does that cost? Too. $500 a month? What? No, only $5 a what? month. Are you fucking getting $5? Yes, so it's like you get a top marks every single day. The oh. content just never stops. Oh, my goodness. I got to get in on that. Uh... <laughs> Your hot take. Well, yeah, well, my hot take, and look, sometimes, you know what a hot take is. It's yeah. not a real thing, necessarily, yeah. always. Uh, it's it's just something to spark conversation, and my hot take was that I think that, in a lot of ways, Hangman is like the marquee star of AEW. Okay, so explain what you mean by that. Do he you had, mean he's the headliner? He had, like, the most fun match and the most fun segment at All In. I agree. He also had, like, the biggest storyline on... Uh, being the elite, going into All In in the first place. I'll take your word for it. I'm the most intrigued in his current feud, and I think it's going to be the best match on Double or Nothing. There is a good chance that like we we get to All Out, and All Out comes and goes, and you look back at the last calendar year of AEW, and the guy who delivered the most and was the best overall every time was Hangman Page. Yeah, I would say that's like semi-hot take. Like I don't agree with innately, but I also don't think it's crazy, so I think that means it's a good hot take. Uh, I would say that if I could only watch one match on Double or Nothing, that would probably be it. Yeah. And I, I'm not, I'm I, again, not primarily for Hangman. I'm fucking stoked to watch, like, Neville get it done again, or uh, in this case, Pop get it done again. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think it's the strongest card on Earth, but will, will you be buying Night Of? Will we be watching it together? I think so, yeah. Maybe especially, so. Especially if it's, like, relatively affordable, like the last one was. What's the right price point for the AEW pay-per-views to you? 25, 30 bucks. Yeah. Because then, like, basically what I want is the same sort of scenario that I had as a kid where, you know, if I can only wrangle up three buddies to come watch SummerSlam or whatever, go watch SummerSlam at my friend's house as, as a teenager or a yep. 12-year-old or whatever. We each only need to come up with 10 bucks, mm-hmm. and then, boom, there's your show right there. You got it. Yeah, it's... so, like, that's a that's a fine price point. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, again, if you have a room people together, throwing in five, ten bucks is a, an easy ask. I think, yeah, 20, 24 Canadian sounds about right to me, twenty four ninety nine. And that's about what All In was, right? I'm pretty sure I on think, Fight TV. I think it was a little bit more. I 30, think it, maybe? It might have been 30 Canadian, 24 U.S., yeah. but, but I could obviously be wrong. Yeah, I think that's, that's fine for for five and a half hour show. Like, uh, do you think over the long run they're going to continue doing traditional pay per view? AEW as a company, uh, like, are they going to launch their own streaming service? Is that what you're asking me? Yeah, I guess in a way that's what I'm asking. Not, or, or will you be able to find it on an existing streaming service? A Fight TV, a High Tops, a Power Bomb, something like this. I, I I don't know how long people. I don't think two years from now people are dying to pay thirty dollars for wrestling pay-per-views um it depends how many shows they do though right like True. if they're gonna do a pay-per-view every month then i would be less inclined to pay 30 dollars every month but yeah if it's like if it's quarterly yeah four they could do i think yeah then i i'd be fine with that 
Jim, let's say in the AEW sphere is uh, right before we recorded this week, a little bit of, uh, I don't know about breaking news. I, I feel like this was bigger news than maybe some other people uh, did, but StarCast, the sort of uh, access to WWE's WrestleMania, mm-hmm. uh, announced that they're going to have an Undertaker, what, appearance or signing at StarCast. Yeah, Undertaker will be at StarCast. Yeah. What, what do you think about this? Uh, you know, I saw a lot of people being like, well, he must just be super pissed that he's not on Mania. Yeah. Um, I, I think what he's going to say and what they're all gonna say because look starcast the first one was loaded up with wwe people as well was it well like former okay yeah i guess like that's all there's but like undertaker's almost in a realm of his own for this sort of thing it's true it's true like never made the jump to wcw like they're they're it's separate right like it's not it's technically like a conference set up to be part of the event, but it's not put on by the company. No, itself. yeah, that is an important note to make. The Starcast is Conrad and and uh, yeah, fucking Conrad. I feel like you're turning on Conrad. Am I? Am I right in sensing this? I <laughs> have been listening to a lot of something to wrestle with. Uh, yes, every time I listen to something to wrestle with, yes, you I like do. Him less? And also, here's the thing that we never talk about. Nobody has the nerve to talk about because go off, King. Because you have the nerve. Because you know they seem like they're nice guys and they provide us with all this free entertainment week to week, and it's a fun show to listen to. But this whole mortgage thing. Extremely predatory. The mortgage guy. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 like, <laughs> you know, uh, if you don't, uh, you got bad credit, no credit, we don't care. We'll put you in a house. <laughs> That's he's like he may be he he may as well be like a payday loans guy. <laughs> yeah, it's like like you- hey, I'm Conrad Thompson for Money Tree. Come on <laughs> down, we'll give you a payday loan, folks. This is Conrad Thompson here who uh, wasn't awake for the recession. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh. It's very, I feel like, uh, hawkish on some level. It cheapens the programming, too, yes. to a degree. And, I mean, that's the whole point. The whole reason the show exists is for them to fucking hawk these mortgages. Yeah, which Bruce also has like an ownership stake in. Yeah, that's the... their company together. That's right. the whole reason the show started was that they were working selling mortgages together, <laughs> and Conrad was like, "Well, wh- wh- what if I just <laughs> ask you to tell the stories I'm already asking you to tell?" <laughs> and then I, yeah. and then they did the show, and now they now they sell even more mortgages. And there's a part of me that's like, man, economically. These guys kind of seem like scum. <laughs> There's, yeah, I would. I wouldn't surprise me to find out either of them are not the greatest people. Let's, yeah. let's just say that. Uh, but it does seem like people are quite in, uh, excited for Starcast. Uh, of course, I they're... guess it's just a very carny business in the first place, so maybe people are willing to put up with a lot. I think you and I have both made that point on the show. It's like if you look at anything for too long in pro wrestling, you're gonna be unhappy with yeah. what you but, find. But like, would they, these guys get built up as these like heroes of the internet wrestling community, and they are they're they're loan sharks basically. Yeah. I... I mean, are they heroes to the internet wrestling community? They got the big uh, the cutout head treatment on. You watch Raw, and there's that's true. More often than not, like a big cutout head of Bruce and Conrad. When do we get the Madman Morissette giant head sign in the the crowd at Raw? Huh? Ho- hopefully SummerSlam. Yeah, I think. That's... And I'll be holding it myself. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like a picture of you, the yeah. size of like, it's yeah. very small. Yeah. <laughs> get me on TV. Uh, but but according to Meltzer, twenty five thousand dollars an hour to get Undertaker to appear at your things. Is, could he? Pull possibly be worth that to StarCast? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, they're going to sell a ton of those wristbands, right? Yeah, I, I know there were people even within our own the chat you referenced who were like, Undertaker would make me consider, I think it's a platinum pass that it mm. has to be. I don't know what that gets you to see him, but maybe that's the photo tier. But there were I, people I, saying they'd consider I it. I had no interest, though, in going to StarCast at all. Yeah, I I don't. It, it's like I'm going to book a vacation to go to a cool city that I've never been to before. I'm going to spend the entire <laughs> trip sitting in a hotel conference room with a bunch of stinky wrestling fans. <laughs> Waiting in line to take a photo with Jim Duggan or yeah. some shit. It's like, all right, we're good here. <laughs> but I just thought that was worth bringing up, J-Mo. No, it's interesting. I, I mean, and I'm sure Vince is pissed, you know? I'm sure there's a ton of stuff about this thing. I got to think that Vince is pissed. I would, and I mean, so often, who wouldn't like to jump into the brain of Vince McMahon for a plethora of things, but I, I would be fascinated to find out his true thoughts on AEW. I mean, well, it, it feels like every day lately... You know, there's a, some sort of note in the rumor roundup that's like, rumor has it, Vince uh, is very worried about this, like, public perception of what does it look like if all my guys keep leaving. Yeah. And you could understand that concern, right? If, if there's something I really got to pay a compliment to AEW and it's like staying in the pro wrestling news cycle. Like, they, le it's like a thing every couple days. Like, they're back into it. And I could see, you know, if you're Vince, you're thinking this is some upstart, no threat. And again, I don't think they're an actual threat to WWE's financials at this point. But you could be like, oh, I thought this might, or oh, I think this might sort of go away and it keeps lingering. Come on, pal. <laughs> My guys don't leave. Let's stick with Vince here, J-Mo, because on, uh, some things happened on the WWE television this week that uh, surely we must touch on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one, Dean Ambrose, the man who is, as we know, for sure leaving right after WrestleMania, 100% definitively doing that. His contract ends, and Jonathan Good is going to be a free agent. Not actually what I believe. Uh, was billed to have uh, an inter... And they billed it as intergender matches for house shows, him yes. and Nia Jax. Since yeah. canceled. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, you don't... <laughs> If you're going to have a, a run of house show matches, then that means you're probably just doing dress rehearsals for uh, a the TV, TV or pay-per-views. Yeah. yeah, like, you know, uh, as much as... Look, WWE loses money right now on their house show touring. Yeah, like and is, on NXT. It is not uh, a money earner for them, mm -hmm. but I don't think they'll ever get rid of it because, no. because they're practicing. You can see it all the time, man. You go to a house show... And there'll be spots within a match or even the entirety of the match that, you know, it might take a year for it to show up on TV, yep. but it will. I've talked about this on the show before. The the, the house show that you and I both went to. Harper and Bray. Uh, where it was, um, no, it was, br um, uh, the main event was Kane and Roman in yep. a street fight. Yep. Like eight months to a year after that show, that match was the main event of SmackDown. Well, and it was that match exactly, like to the letter. Same house show. Bray and Luke Harper did it on SmackDown, like not the Tuesday right after the show, but the Tuesday following that. Mm -hmm. It was like the exact same match that we saw at that same show. This is the what the Blizzard one, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the, the main event of the Blizzard one was... Uh, the Miz was involved, AJ Styles. It was Cesaro? like a three-way or a four-way. And then they went on and had that same match with all of the identical spots in yeah. it on the TV on Tuesday. They look at house show scheduling and house show matches as an opportunity to work the kinks out mm -hmm. of all of these ambitious moments and matches that you're going to put on TV in the future. So what do you think about them canceling Dean and Nia? Do you have a guess as to why? Is the, it Dean the, leaving? Is the, it yeah, intergender? The, the plan probably at some point was to 
I don't even know if it was going to be. I assume it was going to be heel Dean versus face Naya. Yeah. Though that Naya being a face, she's she's still well, milking the Becky injury thing. Like it still feels like she's a heel. Could you have run a heel Naya even though it's intergender because she's so powerful? Again, I have the same lean as you, but could they have done that? I'm thinking. Yeah, that. I just think that maybe that was like their next big plan for like evil Dean Ambrose is that like he's gonna wrestle this woman, he's gonna even. beat up Nia Jax. But I mean, clearly the the anything that was planned for heel Dean. Is out the window because Heel Dean is dead. We need to. We can't talk about uh, Heel Dean without talking about uh, and the babyface turn. Of course, this I don't know feud with EC3. How do you have EC3 on television and not talking? It's Bef- the thing he's good at. Before we get there, please, yeah. Do you feel like they're losing something in not having an intergender match with Dean and Nia? No, uh, but only because I don't think that match in particular, like that specific pairing, I don't think it never felt all that natural to me. Yeah, like me Dean's a big dude. Like he's not like. You need to you do it with a cruiserweight and Nia, I yeah. feel like. like Dean or Nia, is gonna... Nia, like the, the real feud here is Nia and R-Truth. Who doesn't want to see that? Yeah. What's up? Yeah. Now that's heel Nia and a clear baby face and my guy R-Truth. Absolutely. Uh, but no, I don't feel like they're losing a ton. How about you? I mean, I was interested in it. Yeah, you want to see it's, it. It's, it's, a, it's a, you know, bizarre attraction. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm and, I, and it was like... I'm sure that there are people who have problems with it, but you know, you and I know a bunch of wrestlers, mm-hmm. and they all are down with intergender stuff. Oh yeah, I mean, you talk to the female wrestlers locally, and like they love it. They yeah. feel like it raises their profile and makes them look even. And yeah, and to have a big feud with one of the big guys in the company is, you know, excellent. Cat Powers versus Tony Baroni ran for what like a year and here it was at ECCW. Awesome. Yeah, it was, it was uh, you know culminated in the uh, hair versus hair match at Ballroom Brawl. Unbelievable yeah. time. So yeah, no, I so, yeah, you know, I think the workers all want this to happen. Yeah, it's like, interesting. Like even within WWE, I'm sure there's a ton of those ladies who would like to have a match against a, a man on some level. James, who's not James Ellsworth. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, Jamal, I need you to say something for me. Sure. Say yeah. Yeah. Because the top guys are your Raw Tag Team Champions, and I would like to add to the list of tag teams that have had their best match with the Revival. I don't know what you would call them, but Gable and Rue. I call them American Manners. <laughs> That's not bad. That's pretty good, right? I loved this match. Obviously, I'm happy with the Revival winning it. Uh, what did you think here? I thought this was Bobby Roode's best main roster match. That is cool to hear you say because it was weird to me. You know I'm a Scott Dawson guy, like mm-hmm. through and through. And I would say I'm quite a big Chad Gable guy, too. I actually thought Dash and Rude were the better performers in this match, which was very weird to me. Yeah. Um, Gable obviously had a ton of awesome spots, too. Oh, yeah. But on some level, like, you put Chad Gable in the ring against the Revival, and because I've seen it before, I know he's going to go. So he could put on, like, the most superlative performance of all time, and I'd be like, yeah, yeah. that's what I expected. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and Bobby Rude can put on a performance that's beneath that level. And I would still be wowed by it because that's not what I was expecting at all. Expectations are a son of a gun. Absolutely. Uh, but I, I thought this match was a, a very fun TV match. I don't know if it's like TV match of the year territory, but I, I really enjoyed this. And yeah, of course, Ray was, and Andrade probably still have that on lock. It's tough. That's going to be tough to beat, man. At least in my eyes. But obviously, thrilled for the revival to to finally get a run here. Let's see what they do with it. 
But uh, I said, yeah, and I wasn't expecting it. I was, you know, you know, sometimes you're like half tuned in and the match starts picking up. And you're like, oh, I'm into this. I'm mm-hmm. into this. But you're sort of always thinking, oh, it's going to have a fucked finish. Well, yeah, I mean, you asked before you started watching Raw because you were working or something. You came yeah. home at, at, late at night and were like, all right, I'm about to put the show on. Where should my expectations And be? I said, there's one thing that you're <laughs> really going to love. But that might be it, just that one thing. It mostly was, because, JMO, this main event of Raw, I've got to tell... Well, I don't know if you could say main event, but the segment that closed Raw with uh, Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey, Vince McMahon... And Triple H. Triple H. Stephanie. And Charlotte Flair being... Replacing Becky for the interim. Yeah. Uh, I... I didn't like this segment very much. Um, It was kind of weird... It was extremely weird. But I, I, I liked it on some level, too. Did you like that everyone's getting the reactions they should get? Yes, Is that what? Yes. I saw a lot of complaining about how they just made Becky apologize like she looked like a wimp. No. They, like, like Austin would never apologize. He'd flip the bird and give him the stunner or whatever. That's true, but stop trying to make Becky Lynch exactly stone cold. And also, like... I did... I, I liked it. I liked that she... Look, that's life. If you have a job and your bosses are mad at you about something and you don't think that you did anything wrong, sometimes you still have to apologize, even if you don't mean it. And she clearly did not mean it. Well, and they didn't care. They accepted it anyways. And what I did like about the Vince thing is that we are finally getting Stephanie and Triple H in a different dynamic sure. than what they have been now for like what feels like going on six years at this point. On the apology, I, I just want to say that, first of all, I agree with you. That That is life. Like mm-hmm. I, I have to say things at work all the time, I don't believe, just to like placate my bosses who hate me. Like that's And, just... and, and it, it's, it puts her... What do we so often talk about? That there's an issue, that there's something missing in professional wrestling that demonstrates character, and that is having to make ethical choices. Mm-hmm. You just did that. You took your number one character and you put her in a situation where she had to measure what means more to her. My pride in the way I carry myself or getting the dream match that I've been fighting for all along. Well, and I, I really think, and this we're part of this too, which is a bit of a problem in some ways, but like looking at wrestling week to week is, is kind of short-sighted. I guarantee Becky Lynch at some point is going to use some version of the Conor McGregor line because she's used a few mm-hmm. where it's like, yeah, I was sorry. For absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. I guarantee that's coming. That at some point after all this, she gets she gets a line in about that apology. I would bet my hat on I it. I would also bet that she's probably going to put Vince in the disarmor, and that's going to be dope as hell, too. Did you not think Vince's performance was kind of bad? Uh, he was, like, rushing through words like crazy. I mean, that might be in part because there's no overage on Raw anymore. So right. they have a hard out, which they never had before, and that means you have to just cram some stuff in sometimes. That's definitely the case. I just feel like he's been kind of weak in his last two but performances. He- here's the thing, though. That fits perfectly as well. It, it was rushed. It was a left-field inclusion. That's hashtag shoehorn Charlotte in a nutshell, is it not? It absolutely is. And how about some credit to Charlotte Flair for... Just leaning in to being the biggest shit eater. Oh my god, insufferable! Yeah, (laughs) to me, me, I 
I liked this segment. The work dynamic. My, my only problem was that it just felt overbooked in a lot of ways. I felt like there was a way clearer way to get across the messaging that they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. I don't really know why Triple H and Stephanie were out there. You could have done the apology angle on a different week, I felt like. I felt like it was just like, mm. this is happening, now this is happening, now this is happening. And like they should have let it breathe. Like that None of the performances got the, the room that they should have gotten was how I felt. I just think that all the blowback of that segment is specifically against the fact that people watched that and feel like, okay, then we're for sure going to get the triple threat at Mania. And nobody wants that. To me, what I liked about the segment is that they clearly know that nobody wants that. Mm-hmm. And they're leaning into it for heat. Which to me, I'm even though I know Meltzer is reporting otherwise or yeah, whatever. Well, what does that mean? I, Things change all the time, I have J-Mo. to look at the fact that they are clearly leaning in to an anticipated reaction of nobody yep. wanting this match. As just a way to get heat and progress the storyline because we got two months to kill before we get there. Folks, it's Batista all over again. So you may get the triple threat, but now we have the two pay-per-views in between, which they didn't have before. Yeah, it's- also, also they have – it's I you know, I read this week that it is confirmed Ronda will be working a match at Fastlane, but nobody knows against who. Yeah, so there so you go. So could that not be Charlotte? It and could, then we get that out of the way, and you can go one-on-one with Becky. The fact that we can even have this discussion is fun. It doesn't seem like it's all, you know, like, oh, for sure this is what's happening. There's something up in the air, which is good. I just thought everybody needed a little bit more space in that segment. It felt a little confuddled to it's me. It's just like, if you are going to book something for the intended reaction where you know, you know that everyone is going to hate this, isn't that an indication that they're not going to do it? On some level, I want to say yes. Roman Reigns makes me feel like no, but 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 they're already doing things with Charlotte that they would never do with Roman Reigns, like turn her heel. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's that's a <laughs> bit of a that fair point. <laughs> and, and if anything, like the what I've what I said last week, even about the thing with the doctor tying into Daniel Bryan, they are using previous booking. They're they're like weaponizing our expectations against us in mm-hmm. a way that. Like, they are doing this with Becky Lynch in a way that we have not seen in a very long time, I don't think. I agree. Like, they used the idea of the Daniel Bryan rumble. Hold off on this, because we have a question specifically about this that I want to dive in deep on, comparing Becky and Bryan's runs here. Yeah, but, I mean, they clearly used the the expectation of what happened to Bryan Mm -hmm. at the rumble with Becky, too. Like, they... I said it in the moment. I tweeted it immediately after she won the Rumble that they used the ghost of bad booking in the past to make us to get fear right. that they were going to do it again instead only to get it right. It's nice when they do that. You think of Roman coming in at 30. Yeah, but if they're going to do that like at the that. Rumble, why wouldn't they do that all along the way to, to WrestleMania too? Like last week had shades of Brian. This week had shades of Roman, except it's different, right? It's like fixed they're, in a way. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. JMO, let's hop on over to the blue brand for a second because I thought they had a banger of an episode this week. Mm-hmm. And uh, But mostly, I think, the story exiting SmackDown on Tuesday night was Kofi Kingston. Before we get there, though, because yeah. I did touch on it very briefly, but I want to get your reaction to it. Did sure. you feel that that was, in part, as they you know shook hands and all agreed and buried the hatchet and put it behind them, and then Vince comes out, almost, and we talked about this last week with Stephanie as well, mm-hmm. kind of like a baby-facing of Triple H and Stephanie. So, I didn't... No, but in a step in that direction. They're yeah. definitely wanting Vince to be the like in it what came across to me, I guess sort of yes, because how it translated to me was like Vince is still in charge. Mm-hmm. Like these two, 
you know, we're the authority now, J-Mo. Mm-hmm. Don't forget about of that. Of course, right? you and I so, book ride. <laughs> that's right. We're, we're the authority. Along with uh, millions of others. <laughs> yeah, everyone but the authority exactly. who is also back. But yeah, a little bit for sure. It, again, it's interesting dynamic. It's some shades of gray. Let's and see it's it tying out. into the real world dynamic. Yes. We all know that, that these two are supposed to be... Uh, not just the heir apparent, but like the saviors of this program as well. We're all waiting for the old man to kick the bucket. Yeah. So why not lean into that on TV too a little bit and then play them as the you know the baby faces on the side of the talent against the old man holding the, the top be. guys down, right? You could do that with Triple H so easily. Yeah, he ev- could tap into that NXT goodwill. He, like yeah. This. He would. He could just be NXT Triple H on the main roster. You could do it. Next week. Well, it, it, the move is an NXT invasion with Triple H leading it against Vince. Well, who's to say? Like, you could easily do that after Mania if this is the way you want to go. Let me see it. J-Mo, Kofi Kingston had quite the Tuesday. Incredible. The, you, I think everybody likes Kofi Kingston. I think you'd be mm-hmm. hard-pressed to find somebody who's like, no, I don't think the world of Kofi Kingston. And there, there's all these stats about how often he's been a title holder throughout his WWE career. But in terms of being a top guy, they've only sort of used him in, like, the the Christian role. Holy fuck, that was some hashtag good fr- That's exactly what I was going to say. I was of, like, of being, like, crazy. number six of six in a six-man match, right? Yeah. Like, he'll be in Money in the Bank, but he's only in there to take some crazy ladder bump. He's never going to win it. It was nice to see him wrestle like a star, get treated like a star, and it's a cool reminder that this dude's a living legend that we get to watch week in and yeah. week out. And, you know, talk, talk about, you know, ethical choices and making people have their character yep. reflected in their actions in the ring. You you got this great moment of AJ Styles like not wanting to put this guy down. Yep. Like wasn't he, that cool? He pins him and he eliminates him, but he feels guilty the entire time. Yeah. Like, oh man, and that opens him up for the the RKO. Yeah. It's very cool, I thought. And just like Kofi's moment with AJ too. It's been eleven years. Yep. Fight me. Like just that that passion. It's again this blurring of the lines of. What we see on TV being a reflection of the reality of the situation. And it was a good week for that. Totally agree. It <laughs> You can't go to them all the time, obviously. But I got to say, these last two gauntlet matches that WWE have put mm-hmm. on television uh, with uh, the Seth Rollins run on Raw. How long ago do you think that was? Six, seven months maybe? Uh, that was a year ago. Oh, wow. Holy smokes. Exactly a year ago. Because uh, it was the lead up to Elimination Chamber last year. You can throw some gauntlet matches on my TV, and I'm never complaining. I was ho- how, how long was that? An hour, do you think? Uh, well, Kofi was in it for an hour. <laughs> Holy shit, was he really? Yeah. That kicks ass. So I think it was like 70 minutes. Total. I was just not bored at any point during this gauntlet match. And, uh, you know, I don't have a ton to say besides Godspeed, Kofi Kingston. I hope you win on Sunday. Did you see the uh, the promo from after the show that they put on the web? No. Twitter and uh, Oh, YouTube. wait. I think I did. It's like a web-exclusive New Day interview. Seven and a half minutes. No, I didn't. And it's great. I, I'll go back and watch it. I absolutely will. Just the boys, uh, you know, an exhausted Kofi Kingston being, like, pumped up by his his boys talking about, like, how long he's been waiting for this and it's Kofi's time and oh. blah, blah, blah. And, like, I, I've been waiting a long time for a Big E top guy run. But, man, Kofi deserves it. Yeah. He's so awesome. I felt like that was the prevailing opinion exiting Tuesday. It's one of those things where, like, once you get put something – you have something put in front of you that you never knew you wanted, and as soon as you see it, you realize how you've always wanted this, you know? Like, wrestling can do this on occasion, but to especially do it at the last minute as an injury replacement for Mustafa Ali – 
Like we weren't even talking about Kofi <laughs> Kingston yeah, at all. That's weird. To Never think mind about a now. week ago, like two days ago. Is there a chance it's Daniel Bryan versus the New Day for the title at uh, not the Kofi, but flanked by Ian uh, Xavier at Mania? At Mania, I mean, if you want to run, uh, you know, good versus evil, there's no more positive person to run against the 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 mean spiritedness mm-hmm. of this Daniel Bryan than New Day, but. There's something else that happened on Monday Night Raw. I've got to say one thing about New Day versus Brian. Sure. New Day in some way are perfect opponents for his like anti-consumerism oh, shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, Because like, they're hawking cereal and pancakes. Like, and how many t-shirts has New Day had? Probably like 25. Got to be more than anyone on the roster, right? Yeah. But unless you count Cena, I guess. They do They do like seasonal t-shirts. They yeah. have Halloween-specific t-shirts. Yeah, Christmas, all that stuff. Yeah, they, they've... Uh, they're very much. It is a good fit, actually. Now that you bring that up, it's something that I the cheap plastic unicorn horns everywhere going into landfills. I feel like I can hear it now. But go ahead. What happened on Raw, JMO? Uh, we got a little video segment of I'm not remembering teasing the return of our boy. Oh, Kevin Owens. Yeah, and he did not feel like a heel in that. No, certainly not. Uh, Please come back as a baby face. That's the word. Is it? He's going to return and he's going to come back as a baby face. Give me it. He also said in his little video package that he didn't know which show he would be coming back to. Yep. Which I know is supposed to tease intrigue that it could be either one. But to me, that just feels like if you're going to open the door to it, it's probably that he's going to go to SmackDown. It does seem, yeah. Even though Raw needs him, I would say. I mean, Raw... Especially with (sighs) Dean leaving. Raw is so muddled right now that maybe... A lead babyface Kevin Owens is exactly what it needs. A returning babyface Kevin Owens goes to SmackDown, though, yeah. and challenges Daniel Bryan for the world title Who at says WrestleMania. No? Who says no? Now, I know that that was the match last year, but oh, yeah. it wasn't quite the match last year. No, mixed tag. And, the, and a, lot of the thing, like the a lot of the thing with Daniel Bryan last year was keeping him out of the match, right? Yeah. Like, they, they they took him out early, and he came back in to save Shane in the end. Yep. Uh, I was very emotional about that match. Just watching him do the running knee, shed some tears. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you've got the flipped alignment now. And so you can do the exact same feud, but a year later, and they can still be the same characters on some level. Like, the thing to me that's great about this that I get all amped up thinking about uh, the possibility of Kevin Owens versus Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania is that Owens wouldn't have to change anything that he was saying last year. Mm-hmm. His whole thing as a heel in the build-up to that match was, I'm the like, I'm trying to vanquish Daniel Bryan and get this guy out of here to save Tuesday nights and make it the Kevin Owens show. That was a heel thing at the time. And now? If he were to cut those exact same promos, you know, you take a little edge off of it, I'm sure. Sure. But, like, but keep no, the messaging right. the, intact yeah. that all I want to do is get this guy out of here because he's ruining this show. And I should, you know... Dude, imagine the go-home promo segment between those two. It'd be awesome. It'd be fucking lights out. Yeah, and, and like to me, that's... That's what works about it is that, like, it, it writes itself. It's yeah. already – you just put those two characters together again, and and suddenly, like, you know, I think we were talking about, like, what Asuka's going to be doing at, at WrestleMania in the chat this week, and it's like, well, they haven't started building anything yet, and I don't know what it's going to be because it needs a proper run-up. You just put Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan in the ring, instantly built. I yeah. see them together for one second. <laughs> and- I know what the story is. Immediately, everything makes sense. JMO, before we kick into our Elimination Chamber preview, I need you to put your shoes on. What? Because it's time for 
keep it or kick it. Jamo, I'm going to explain the rules. The much requested keep it or kick it. We did, of course, Sunday Night Tweet last week, and the listeners responded in kind. They said, oh, I like Sunday Night Tweet, but you know what I love? I love listening to Madman Morissette tell me if he wants to keep or kick something. For those of you who have never listened before, because Justin, as we know, every episode is somebody's first and last time listening to Top Mark. So, folks, if this is your first time listening, this is a segment called Keep It or Kick It, where I, Josh Custodio, I write a list of somewhere between 20 to 25 items, just musings from the general wrestling world, and I pitch them to Madman Morissette, and he must tell me if he wants to keep that item, which means he likes it, he loves it, he wants some more of it, or he kicks it, he hates it, he despises it, and never wants to see it again. Do you understand the rules, Justin? I do indeed. Then it's time to hit the music. JMO, keep it or kick it. Mark Henry being your Valentine. Ooh, keep it. Sexual chocolate? Mm-hmm. I know he'd treat me right. No doubt about it. And I can't wait to give birth to a big old hand. <laughs> Hawkins and Ryder winning the tag team titles from the revival at Mania. <sighs> be Kurt Hawkins' first win. Pin. He pins. He's the pin? Yeah. He pins Scott Dawson? Sure. <laughs> uh, Ryder. Is that the tag team now? Yeah, the old Edgeheads. Really? I was thinking Hawkins and... Uh, and Oh, sorry. Yeah, Hawkins and... Um, not Hawkins and... Oh, no. Uh, it's Hawkins and... It is. Okay. Okay. My goodness. I was thinking uh, it was Hawkins and Heath Slater, the two the two referees. Ah, they are the two refs. <laughs> um, Either well, way, Hawkins pinning the revival at Mania. I don't... I, I, I think that there should be something good that comes out of this losing streak angle. Pinning the revival at Mania, I don't think, is the desired outcome of that, so I'm going to say kick it. John Cena as the new host of Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader. Is that real? Announced today. Keep it. <laughs> sure, that's fun. Yeah. Folks, if you can't see this. J-Mo looked elated when he realized this was real. It was a glow I haven't seen I've this I've never before. watched the show before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I assume it's hosted by, uh, like, the co-host from Tool Time or whatever. Al Borland. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Richard Karn. Yeah, Richard Karn. Yeah. yeah. Ex-host of Family Feud. Yeah, so I assume uh, that whoever was hosting it before, Cena has to be an upgrade. And I'd watch the show if Cena was hosting yeah, it. Yeah, you want to see it at least once. Yeah, goes, sure, right? he'd have fun with those kids. Why not? Absolutely. One RV. D, becoming Impact Champion 2019. Impact, of course, announcing this week that at their next pay-per-view, I forget what it's called right now, but Brace for Impact, something like that. Something like that. Rob Van Dam on the show. Yeah, RVD teaming with Sabu. Yeah, take on LAX. the Lucha Brothers. Oh, right, the Lucha Brothers. That'll be a fun match. I'm going to watch this pay-per-view. I'm not going to, folks, I may not, you know, necessarily watch the whole thing. Pay money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, <laughs> might, you might not pay per view. <laughs> that's fine. That's what I just But saying. you will view... It's, it's not a PPV. It's just a V. Yeah, it's just I might watch the Impact V on that Sunday. Exactly. On here on V Day. Okay, but RVD is Impact Champion of 2019. Um, I mean, you know what? They were teasing that they were having a, a former champion come back, and yeah. a lot of people were thinking that it was going to be Austin Aries. Oh, is that what people thought? RVD is a much better choice than Austin yeah. Aries. Yeah, I'm into it. I thought I was nervous. I thought it was going to be uh, Patron, Alberto Del Rio. I mean, Johnny Morrison is their champion right now. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I I like him just fine. But if you're gonna tell me that I have the opportunity to see RVD with that belt instead, I'll take uh, I'll take Rob Van Dam. I'll, I'll say keep it. Nick Aldis, keep it. Big Show's tiger tattoo. <laughs> Kick it. <laughs> Do you know the tattoo I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, folks, for those of you who may not know, next time Big Show's out there, you got to look at his, I believe it's his upper left arm, because I watched Superstar Inc., and Big Show describes how one time he was on, like, a safari. And he took a photo of a tiger. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, I need this tattooed on me. So he brought in the photo. <laughs> 
Real good, big show. Uh, Drew Gulak, of course, uh, having wrestled Matt Riddle on last week's episode of NXT. Drew mm -hmm. Gulak becoming a full-time member of the NXT roster. Ooh. Yeah, keep it. You know, I saw people saying this is bad news for 205 Live. Like this, spells, this spells, uh, you know, there's trouble on, on the horizon. Yeah. But I don't think it's any different than... You know, Leo Rush being on Raw. Or Mustafa Ali, of course, with the call-up to SmackDown. Exactly. I like that these brands can bleed a little together. Becky on both. Like, I still like the brand split, but little pieces here, I'm with it. Yeah. Uh, Drew McIntyre. Oh, two Drew ones back-to-back. -back. Drew McIntyre's entrance music. <sighs> Bagpipes at the start? Yeah. It's all right. That's it. Dun, well, dun, I don't know dun, that it dun, sounds dun, exactly dun, like dun. that, but yeah, I think I'm thinking of the right song. <laughs> am I? Yeah, I guess I am. Yeah, it's all right. I'll say kick it. I don't. You could have better music. Brandy Rhodes being in the inaugural AEW Women's Title match. Who is she taking on? Well, I'm just oh, saying hypothetically. Just hypothetically, is if, she good enough to be there? No. Kick, kick it. it. If it, like if it's a multi-woman match with like six people in it. Sure. Yeah, but if it's, a, if it's a singles competition, no. We touched on this in the beginning of the show, but it is here in Keep It or Kick, which means I must read it aloud. Tetsuya Naito being the one to end Jay White's title run. Keep it. Top Marks doing 200 episodes or more. Keep it. Oh, I love it, JMO. Fired up. Yeah. Mandy Rose. Um, I mean, yeah, she she's she's gotten into the head of the Usos. So much so that uh, one of them was going to fight a cop. Jimmy. Today. Yeah, Jimmy no, was. The one that is Jimmy, married to Naomi. Jimmy squared up was going to drop the gloves and fight a cop. And around here, that gets you a round of applause. Absolutely. That's, God bless you, Jimmy. Yeah. So, new yeah. favorite wrestler. So, I guess Mandy Rose has radicalized him. Absolutely. That's why she has Rose in her name. She's a member of the DSA. <laughs> <laughs> Sanity winning the tag belts from Miz and Shane. Imagine if that became her gimmick that Mandy Rose is now like the socialist wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> who, who says no? Who hates that? Yeah. Uh, Comrade Rose. Sanity winning the SmackDown titles. That's right. Being the one Miz and Shane. Um, yeah, I could see that. Do you remember how the Bludgeons took the, the belts really close to Mania last year? I feel like they could do that again here with Sanity, especially if the Usos aren't in this tag title match on Sunday because of this police situation. Uh, yeah, man, that could be good. Yeah, if, do you think they make a last-minute change? I guess they would, could announce that in the next couple days here. Well, there's a couple ways I could see it going. I could see uh, somebody in the chat, I can't remember who it might have been, Blair Pacheco, said he felt like, like the... Like backstage beatdown angle or something? Yeah, that's why I thought Sanity would be most likely, because so many ways they could just swarm Lusos, beat them up, we're here now. Mm -hmm. But Blair did bring up a good point that they've worked the bar so often that on short notice they already know the match and whatnot, so you could see the bar slotted in there. That's a good call, too. Yeah, but, uh, I'd be kind of hyped for Sanity. Yeah, I also think that this Miz and Shane thing should continue. I cannot believe... I forget who I was talking with this week, but I cannot believe how much I'm enjoying it. It's so fun. They are a highlight on a very good show, which is SmackDown. Right now. And we got to embrace it. Well, it's good, man. SmackDown has been great for like six weeks in a row. I've greatly enjoyed the show. SmackDown's entire 2019 run has been I agree. excellent. I would say better than NXT. Oh, yeah, definitely. I felt like the last two episodes of NXT have been a little... SmackDown right now is the best wrestling show yes. anywhere. That's correct. Uh, Sanity winning the tag belts from Miz and Shane. I'm going to say kick it because I don't feel like the time is right. Gotcha. But, I, but the idea of Sanity being used prominently is a keep it. Plus a Sanity Mania entrance could has a lot of legs oh, to yeah. be great. Oh, hell yeah. And finally, J-Mo. 
and we did just touch on it. Jimmy Uso taking off his shirt and squaring up with a cop. <laughs> Keep it. Keep and that. Next time he has to square up with Conrad Thompson, though. Let's <laughs> <laughs> keep it or kick it. <laughs> oh, Jamo, should we uh, jump right in here to our uh, elimination chamber yeah, preview? Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about the chamber. Yeah. Are uh, you looking forward to this show? Just uh, right from the uh, outset, we'll ask you that. Well, okay, so I, I'm a bit of a, a fool because I, I just love elimination matches. Forget mm. about the chamber. I wish we saw more elimination matches. I think they're interesting from a booking perspective. I think actually seeing guys pinned is somewhat worthwhile. You can have feuds exiting it, sort of like rumble elimination. So I like elimination ma- matches, but every year I allow myself to get super hyped for the elimination chamber. And every year, it's like, it just never produces, like, absolute banger matches. So, I, you know, I guess, yeah, I am, but I could be here next week on the show and being like, why did I let myself get talked into this? Although on last year's show, I, I thought the women's one was going to be absolute dog shit, and it sort of delivered in a way. So so who knows? Yeah, I guess maybe I'm a little bit excited for Sunday. What about you, Madman? I, 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 yeah, it's just, it's like the Rumble, right? Like, you just get excited about uh, the match type. In yeah. You only get to see it once a year. So scarcity is a selling feature, exactly. right? Exactly. Um, but I wouldn't say the lineups in either of the matches, especially, like there's nothing I'm dying to see play out, maybe. Mm-hmm. Nothing that's all that likely. If, if Samoa Joe ends up just bulldozing a bunch of people in the elimination chamber, I'm all in. I got to say, though, my number one curiosity right now is with the women's tag thing. Why don't we start there, then? Because the... I got no idea who's going to win this thing. So here, let me uh, list off all the competitors for you, for those who may not see. In the elimination chamber will be the teams of Nia Jackson Tamina. Mm-hmm. The Riot Squad, being represented by Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan, mm-hmm. the Blitz and Trapper. Uh, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. The Iconics, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. Uh, no longer Bailey and Sasha, right? Uh, but I don't believe they've announced the replacements. No, Sasha's cleared. Oh, is she? Okay, yeah. back on. Okay, so Bailey and Sasha and Naomi and Carmella all going into those pods, all going to wrestle one another in a tag team match in the chamber. Now, I am conflicted about this on some level. Yeah, because sure. Because. Because it's the first ever champion, mm-hmm. so you probably want to pick somebody big because it's sure. like this historic moment. But also, we're on the road to Mania, which means I want heels to win. Got to be because, the Iconics. Because heels then will lose at Mania to the baby faces that we want to see win right now. So, yeah, in that sense, I am leaning Iconics winning this and then getting Bailey Iconics versus Bailey and Banks. Yeah. And that match will be really good and really fun. And watching Bailey and Sasha win at Mania will be a delight. But I guess there's another way you can go with this, which is have the baby faces win right now. Mm-hmm. In Sasha and Bailey, they win this match, and then you pair them up against a pair of legends. At uh, Mania, at Mania, you go Bailey Banks versus Lita Trish. Yeah, I, I think that's a like specifically what you said. I think is a really likely outcome. Uh, so I I am gonna pick the Iconics here, uh, just because I think the first scenario is very likely to play out. Mm. I could see both. I'm pulling for the damn Riot Squad though, man. I. I love these three, and I, I think that they deserve some gold. So I think they could do a lot with it. I think Ruby Riot standing flanked with two people in titles, I think it could do a lot for it. But Yeah, and if we're looking at heel champs uh, for Bailey and, and Sasha to take on, obviously Raw has more time to tell that story. Yeah. Iconics are not on the same show as uh, the boss and hug connection, which presents a problem in its own way. But, True. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would rather see... 
Sasha and Bailey working against someone who's on the roster yeah. at Mania. Yeah. So I, I can't advocate for the Legends match. And I, yeah, I love Iconics. I wish they got more to do. Mm-hmm. And if being the champions, let them be on both shows like Becky is right now, then that could be huge for yeah, them. Yeah, put the title on them. Let them show up on Raw and kind of lord it over the Raw uh, roster. Because the problem, and it's the same problem with Sanity, is like you're on an hour and 20 minute show that just doesn't have time for you. Correct. Jamo, I'm I'm a little embarrassed right now. Uh, there's a match on this card. I watched Raw this week. I didn't know that this match was happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, Braun Strowman and Baron Corbin are in a no DQ match. Yeah, I saw the announcement on Twitter, and what? I didn't know that this was happening. Was either. there a setup on Raw that I missed? I don't, I don't think so. I missed it too. If you <laughs> missed it, <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah. Uh, Braun Strowman and Baron Corbin, no I, DQ. I don't know why we're doing this again after getting that great, like, uh, kind of uh, end of a western, yeah, kill off <laughs> death uh, saying, scene yeah. for for Baron at TLC. But I guess the reason why we're doing this is that we didn't actually get the proper match that they were probably wanting to do yeah that because that of the like... injury at that point so do it here i guess but it just i don't know it's a waste of man <laughs> it's it's a problem on both sides for these two guys because baron has these long feuds where he never wins anything but Nothing. it just keeps going and braun has these long feuds where he never loses and it just keeps going so there's a problem in terms of dramatic stakes on both sides of the ledger in this match. I honestly don't care about this at all. Genuine question. Yeah. Can Baron hit an end of days on Braun? Probably not. He certainly can't do a deep six. Yeah. Can he do the... There's maybe a way you could do the... Like if, if Braun comes off the ropes, has some speed, and it's just the up-down. I don't know, man. He's hit some like out-of-nowhere ones where he doesn't do the swing back and forth. I think he did it to... Oh, shoot. I can't remember. Maybe Apollo Crews. Like the out-of-nowhere version of the the... End of days, maybe that. But, yeah, I guess I'll pick Braun. But it might even be more interesting for Corbin to win at this point. Braun feels ice cold to me right now. Same. Like, I, I don't know. I, I'll, I'll pick Bar- or uh, Braun, but like you, I man, piss in the wind. I don't really care. I, I, yeah, I mean, Braun's got to win this. It's going to be Braun. I, I, I would assume that the betting odds on Corbin are like negative. Yeah. Well, positive. Yeah. But, extremely yeah. positive. Yeah. <laughs> but sorry, negative sorry, for him. I'm sorry. What I meant to say is if you bet on Braun to win, you lose money yes. even if he wins the match. <laughs> Correct. That's what I meant to say. JMO, as I just said here, not very excited for this last match. I got to tell you, I'm kind of into this next match. This okay. next match, the handicap match of Leo Rush and Bobby Lashley taking on Finn Balor. I think this is an interesting dynamic. How often do you see the small man as the one guy in a handicap match? And the IC title is not on the line, or it is? No, it is It is on the line. Okay, so Leo, Leo. could pin Finn and win the title. Or Lashley and turn babyface and win the title. Interesting. You could go any... I think this is... So it's a, it's, it is a three-way. Cur- well, it's, it's a not, handicap. Sorry, sorry. Handicap. So, so he couldn't really pin Lashley then. He could not pin Lashley, but he could pin Balor and become the champ. Yeah, true. That, that could be interesting. And then you get this dynamic between Lashley and uh, Leo, where Leo can no longer brag about Lashley. Mm. And I, I, Again, dynamics account for a lot in a match, and a handicap match is underused. And I can't think of one where, like, Bobby Lashley is not the one in a 2v1. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm... I'm kind of disappointed on some level to see Finn, like, fall out of the top level so completely. Because, mm. like, all the word in December was, like, monster push planned for Finn Balor. Yeah. And having a Brock match and then 
being in the IC title picture is not really. But the second what I, I saw that finish, push. I'm surprised he's even for the IC title after I saw that finish. <laughs> 1.9 kick out on your finisher, then you're tapping five seconds later. You're not in the main event picture, folks. I'm sorry. Yeah. I've watched too much of this shit. Yeah, and like. I don't know. I thought they were going to have Finn win the IC title at Mania last year. Mm. So Could he win it here? Probably not the right time. Handicap match is a great time to make a baby face. I guess, yeah, but also, like, don't wouldn't you want, if he's never had, like, a single t- singles title outside of having the Universal for one day, yeah. wouldn't you want that to be a Mania moment on some level? Like, it's, yes. it's like the Bailey thing, right? Like, why would you do this right now when you could do it at Mania instead? Yeah, I think... So you're picking Bobby? Yes. I'm going to say heels win. Yeah, I, I'll say the same here. Uh, J-Mo, but, but, you know, through nefarious means. It's not a... Yeah. Yeah. And I think you probably see some discombobulation between Leo and Bobby during the match. Exactly. Like one of them doesn't want to tag in the other. I'm not saying they lose, but some sort of seeds of dissent thrown in first. Now, if he wins the title, that's fine too. Yeah. I don't know. He feels... I don't know. Finn? Yeah, I don't know. Does, does he feel like he should have the IC belt right now? Yeah, not really. More than Lashley. But does Lashley? Not really either. No. Yeah, you're right. I guess n- none of them. It's almost like Seth and Dean should have been great for it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, hey, what are you going to do? Yeah, or that Dean could be in this picture right now. Or that Dean could really be doing anything at all. God bless Bean Ambrose. JMO, Ronda Rousey and Ruby Riot getting down for the Raw Women's Championship. It's, I feel like it's for sure staying on Ronda here. Mm-hmm. But it'd be nice I'm... to see these two play out. They have good chemistry. We've seen it on Raw. Yeah, I'm happy to see this match uh, come together. And I, I... Um, you know, I, I cage side seats was like mad that this got announced on Twitter last Friday. Why is that? Why do we have five hours of television every week if you're not going to do anything important on it and just announce matches on Twitter? Yeah, so I mean, you're, you're just looking for things to complain. Yeah, you're welcome about. to complain about anything you want, folks. It's, but also, like this was set up on Raw. If yeah, you feel like this came out of nowhere, no, it was set up and then they just announced it on social media afterwards. And look. What have I said continuously about Ronda over the last two months? She's your favorite wrestler, and you love her personal politics. <laughs> Besides that. <laughs> uh, that she's going to be here for a year, and everyone that she worked with over the course of that time will like get elevated for having worked with her. Yeah. And look, I know that Ruby has already had a match with her on Raw not like the same four Raw. months ago. But yeah, that's not the same at all. Did you say on last week's show that everyone is like getting some star power? Like everyone who's faced Rousey has gotten some star power? Yeah, they, yeah. yeah. That's the totally star true. Star power increases. Ronda yeah. is giving everybody some sort of rub. Like it's no coincidence that the women are the dominant storyline and, and the big stars on the show at the same time that Ronda Rousey is here to work against them. Jamie, let's talk about the, the men's chambers. Daniel Bryan defends the title against AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, Samoa Joe, and Kofi Kingston. I Just before we get to that, yeah. I saw some people pushing back on me, just randoms in my at mentions. Oh, replies, losers. Reply guys. Oh, yeah. Being like, this is a lose-lose. Everybody knows she's not going to win the match. So what does she get out of getting beaten? She gets a Ronda Rousey match yeah. out of it. I would I would ask them to uh, to let me know of all the times The Rock and Mick Foley won matches and still managed to be stars. Go find a pay-per-view where one of those two wins their big feud match. Go go try and find it. <laughs> you, you have fun. Go, go on the network and search for Mick Foley feud wins. What are yeah. your favorite Foley feuds? Cactus, Edge, Orton. 
Not a win amongst them. <laughs> but like what I said last week, like Asuka does not get a Ronda match, at least not on this Ronda yeah. run. Maybe she comes back in a year, that match will happen yeah. down the line. But we're not getting that here. We're not going to get that at all. Don't you think Asuka probably, you know, has some feelings about that, that she probably would have liked to get one of those matches? I bet you Asuka would love to lose to Ronda. Yeah, so I bet Ruby is fucking elated yeah, to get this match. Yeah, just listen. Stay out of... Can I, can I ask an internet question here? Sometimes I don't know if the people know this. You're good at filling me in on things, sort of, you, sort of in the internet sphere sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think I know what a reply guy is, mm-hmm. but could you explain it? Somebody who, like, responds to you... Uh, it's like they never have their own takes. They're just like replying to you and like trying to get into your threads constantly. Is that yeah, the idea? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes just somebody you, like weighing in with an opinion that I don't care about. Yeah. And it's like I don't want to respond to you. Yeah. Do you ever? Sometimes it's hard. For I me. guess like I saw the technical definition of reply guy. Oh. On like Urban Dictionary. I'd or love to know what it was. Just like a dude who responds to a woman who he barely knows or oh. doesn't know at all, as if he knows her. Okay. That's yeah. Yeah. That's not a great one either. Yeah. JMO, it has really started snowing here in it Vancouver. It sure has. We are the not out of the woods. Down. JMO, the men's elimination chamber. Yeah, match. sorry. No, right. no problem. Uh, I think it was a good point. Uh, do we both think Daniel Bryan is probably retaining here by hook or by crook? Absolutely. Yeah. Has to. This is still going to be exciting to watch. I feel like a lot of dynamics and probably some mania programs are going to exit this match. For sure. Uh, I, and having said that, it's kind of sad that Mustafa Ali is not in the match anymore. You know what, man? I I agree, and it does suck for him, and you feel for the guy, but they obviously see something in him. He, I hope he can still be elated for what his past two months have been relative to the year before it. Mm-hmm. Like, Mustafa Ali has had a hell of a 2019. This is a speed bump, not a stop for him. I think he's going to come back, and he's going to get a reaction. Yeah, for sure. I just mean in terms of, like, building a clear Mania program out of this match now. I don't think I've, he would have been on Mania, no I, matter what. Really? No. I thought they might be going that way after he eliminated Samoa Joe from the Rumble. Yeah, I thought him and Joe might have had. Yeah, but then we've seen all these Rumble things in the past. You, uh, every year, everybody gets excited about the Rumble, thinking, like, well, it's not just about the winner. Yeah. There's going to be all these mania storylines that come out of it. Yeah, like that classic Bray Wyatt versus <laughs> Brock Lesnar match that we all loved and got to see. Or Br- Bray Bryant. Things just happen and then never turn into anything. Yeah. it's Now, you hope that it happens a little more, but you're right in thinking that it's like a guarantee is, is not there. Exactly. Um, I don't think this will come as a surprise. I'd really – I think the chamber can suit Samoa Joe really well. I'd love to see him have a great showing here. Obviously, I'm not picking him to win, but mm. if, if he gets to, you know uh, – yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Brian wins this match, but he doesn't eliminate anyone until the finish. Yeah, I think I, – I would go so far as to say I think that's likely. Yeah. Um, but either way, I, I, I'm you know, probably, probably going to see Jeff Hardy do like a swanton off the top of a pod. There's or no way that doesn't happen. If he yeah. doesn't do a swanton off the pod, land and miss and get pinned or tapped off of it, I, uh, I'll i be surprised. Kofi's going to do something cool. You know, that's going to happen. If I feel like he's going to have an – it could be him and Brian at the it's, very yeah, end, right? That, I yeah. was just thinking that. Brian cheats to win. Brian Kofi that's... is the final two. That could be something good. Holy Moses. J-Mo, that's the size of those snowflakes. good gravy. J-Mo, this is, uh, this is the card for this weekend. I – I would say maybe a thinner card in some ways, but some mm-hmm. stuff I'm looking forward to seeing. But yeah, and like I said, it's like the Rumble. It's just a gimmick match that I enjoy. So on some level, yes. I'm going to be excited for it more than an uh, average pay-per-view because there's like a once-a-year attraction here that I actually enjoy. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, J-Mo, what do you say uh, we wrap up this week and do a little bit of the... <laughs> listener mailbag! Uh, listener mailbag? Uh, listener mailbag! Listener mailbag! And our first one this week, J-Mo, comes to us from... What is this word, Matt? Quunky? Quunky. 
Yeah, I don't know. At Matt Rainus, Quunky. Wow, I hate that word. It's so ugly. The captain. Yeah, I like Captain Matt. Handsome Matt. The, 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 I mean, he's Funny looking at, Matt. Are you considering revoking the most powerful listener of the year title for this name, Quunky? Yeah, Quunky. It's clunky. Wow. And if you're going to be clunky, you're, you're not powerful. I might, Could, might have to revoke his status. We're, we'll talk about this one off air, but Matt, you're on thin ice. J-Mo, yes. In honor of Valentine's Day, let's do some matchmaking. What are some pairs of wrestlers from different promotions whom you guys think could make a beautiful tag team together? Fun question. Oh, he almost redeemed yeah. himself there. So who are some tag teams across? There's a very natural one. They've done it before. The first one, Andrade and Naito. You, you want to see that, Absolutely, yes? absolutely. But you know what else I was thinking Please, about? yes. Uh, Suzuki and Samoa Joe. J-Mo, you two, know, two shooters. I can only get so erect. I know. We need to just stop talking about that. Yeah. Wow. Samoa Joe says it. Don't you feel like those guys would just understand each other? Like it wouldn't even be like match planning. They just nod at one another and head out there. Absolutely. Uh, maybe with a, a different wrinkle here, is there a tag team you'd break up in WWE and pair them with somebody from outside of it? I know this is a tough one putting you on the spot. Let, let's say, is there somebody that you think could uh, could join the Revival in lieu of Dash, Dash Wilder? Who could join Scott Dawson and not be better, but be something you'd be interested in seeing? Um, I don't have an I don't have a revival answer right sure. now, but another pairing that just kind of jumped out at Please, me. Please, yeah, I was just giving you a leaping off uh, point if you had would one. Be, I would break up DIY again and turn Gargano babyface and team him up with Hiromu. Wow, that's a great call. I love it. Hiromu Dude. Takahashi and Johnny Gargano. Who's saying no? Yeah, wouldn't that be great? I would love it. Uh, what about uh the authors of pain? Okay, so we've got the 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 two hosses. What if we pull uh, Bad Luck Fale over from uh, – <laughs> and the underboss is now with Rezar. Yeah. I feel like that's a whole lot of fun. Or you he, just make them a three-man faction. Yeah, because Fale brings more personality than those two, but still sort of – I know he's not as muscular, but he fits in like this large guy with a personality Here's thing. one for you. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to replace Dash Wilder with somebody. Sure. Make a new and improved revival. Yep. Scott Dawson. And Hangman Page. Wow, a couple dirty boys. Yeah, some uh, southern cowboys. Boys, yeah. yeah. And they both go hard. They're both southern people. Absolutely. They're ready to fight. Absolutely. Say yeah. And I, I assume that like Dash Wilder exits the picture by being just beaten to death by a phone. <laughs> Jamo, a sure sign that Top Marks is a great program is that this question asker is currently asleep on the couch beside us. Oh, he is awake. Okay. Uh, how's the show so far, Mike? Good. Yeah, he's the Mike. Can't not, wait to watch it. Yeah, he's, he's not Mike. Not enthused by uh, Elimination <laughs> Chamber, but he does ask which wrestler would probably be the worst date. A couple great Valentine's theme questions off the top here, Jamo. I'm just gonna say as a blanket paintbrush. I feel like most, certainly male wrestlers, are probably not great dates. Is mm -hmm. that a fair assumption? Yeah, I'm thinking the worst one, though, might be Scott Hall. Okay. Because <laughs> you get there, you're like, look at this handsome man. Yeah, he's very charming. And then he opens his mouth, and you're like, I don't know about this guy. Well, he's blackout <laughs> drunk at the time you arrived, for, for, for one. Well, you, no, <laughs> you arrived uh, on time. He shows up like 90 minutes <laughs> late, and he's blackout drunk. Yeah, that's... That's probably more realistic. And he's like dropping uh, slurs and just being a. I feel like Orton nightmare. probably sucks. Like he's vaping mm. and, and seems like a very selfish lover for yeah, sure. Well, that's that's for sure. Yeah. How about how about on the women's side? Who's who's a? Listen, I just feel like Tamina is. Can I do my Tamina impression again? Because mm. it got it got a good reaction on the show yeah. last week. So so here's me as Tamina. Okay, here's my impression. 
And uh, I just feel like on a date she's doing that. I was like, she's she's just doing the plank face. Yeah. If if I can go all time though, mm-hmm. uh, the I think I sort of have the definitive correct answer. Uh, Brian Skaggs of the Nasty Boys. You know, you just think of the pit stop and his all these stories about how he would never shower and all this. I feel like I feel like uh, Brian Skaggs is probably not a great date, and certainly uh, not someone that I'm dying to hop in the sack with. Yeah, I'm trying to think on the women's side who the worst date would be. Tamina is a good choice. Thanks. Um, I'm going to go with Eva Marie. Oh, I don't agree with that. No. <laughs> I'm just, you know, she's a looker, yeah, but well, I feel like we'd have nothing to talk who about. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I she could be a she could be a mute, and I'm saying yes to that date. Are you, Does Eva, I be bored the whole time? Not me. <laughs> Not I'm I'm on a date. You're bored on a date with Eva Marie. Yeah, I feel like we wouldn't connect. I, I I'm hoping we'd connect. I, (laughs) Eva Marie and I, we're we're all read everything. (laughs) It's uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I feel she's near the the top of my list that I would want to date. Just thinking of like who, if I went on a date with, would I be like extremely bored by? Who do you think on the the, if I'm to flip this question around, who who do you think would be uh, really good to to go on a date with? Hmm. Samoa Joe loves video games and wrestling, which makes me think he and I would would get on well. Xavier Woods, obviously. Yeah, right Woods there. would be way up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is uh, Sasha Banks good to go on a date with? Probably. Yeah, that's probably. That should be intimidating, though. Yeah, I so. can, she's trying to boss me around. Exactly. Uh, you get it? Because she's the boss. Exactly. Sasha Banks, the exactly. boss. Bossing. Yeah. It's boss time. Mm. Boss. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so there's some answers. Yeah. Uh, anyone else you want to get out before we move on to the next one? Uh, I'd love to go on a date with the man. Oh, yeah. Becky. Whew, yeah. Hey, who's not? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jim, our next question this week comes to us from John Collin at Colin the Comic, and he asks, we're in all-star game season for the major leagues. Imag- and this is, a, this is a great Justin Morissette question. This is something you can home run. Okay. Imagine wrestling as an all-star game and invent a skills competition for it. What are the skills that the wrestlers do? Who participates? And what's the marquee event? And he says the marquee event for NBA is the slam dunk. NHL has the fastest skater, etc. I assumed you already knew that. Yeah, you got to bring back the uh, like the carrying a barrel running around the ring thing. <laughs> it's a great NXT. one. Yep, absolutely. And then you put Titus in there for sure. Oh, Titus wins the carry the barrel. Yeah. That's how he finally it? gets his redemption. Can I? Can I just say first of all? Great questions this week. Like, yeah. you're very strong. Uh, how about a, a, maybe this is too boring, but you know the skills competition better. Would hitting the ropes be a, a skills thing for wrestlers? Yeah, probably. Because I'd love Cause to see. Because we're always impressed by people who run the ropes super well. Who, so who, who's entering the, the kick? For hitting the ropes, I mean, obviously Midian. That's, yeah, Midian, that's, you yeah. got to bring Midian He's back. coming back. Yeah. Kyle O'Reilly hits the ropes like a Daniel son of a Brian. guy. Daniel Bryan. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm. Um uh, I just thought of someone who'd be a bad date. Go ahead. Dean Ambrose. Yeah. Yeah, I could see he'd that. He's just super mumbly, and I don't think we'd have anything in common. It might not be that fun. Yeah. Yeah, you might be right about that. How about... Probably be mean. How about getting... Is getting vertical off the top turnbuckle a skills competition? Like how high your hang time is? Maybe it's just like the largest, tallest moonsault. Most air off a moonsault. Yeah, maybe. Who's Ricochet is the favorite, but who mm. else is is competing there? 
Uh, Jericho is judging for sure. <laughs> yeah, Jericho is, is on the judges panel. A Foley as well, but in the opposite direction. Janela and Foley are the the barometer for who can get the least air off mm. of vertical moves. It's all horizontal. Mm. And Sandman. The, why do I love wrestlers who don't get vertical off know. the top rope? Lita is is involved. Yes, correct. She's coming back to do it, and everyone's like, huh, I think she might die. I don't really want to see this. Io Shirai might take down the whole damn thing. Oh, yeah. No, you know who's going to get the most vertical? Who's that? Is uh, the the pirate princess? Oh yeah, sure. Kyrie Sane for sure. Off the elbow. That's that a elbow great drop call. is a huge, like it defies physics for elbow drop. Would a, a promo contest be part of this? Uh how would you do that though? Well, you just have him get out there, hit the mic, you know, and, give her hell. And, and we're we're measuring it by like decibels of crowd reaction. I think punks. They bring back CM Punk, and he just holds up like a score out of ten after each one. Okay, okay. No, uh, it's Ty Dillinger has to. <laughs> he's, he's doing the <laughs> Gives everybody cards. a 10. Yeah, though. exactly. But what's main eventing the skills competition, Madman? What's the slam dunk the in slam WWE? The slam dunk competition of WWE. Yeah. I have I have one I will float, but if you shoot it down because I don't know this world, you're, you're welcome to. I just, I'm having a hard time thinking of any events. I think it's who can take a Stone Cold Stunner the best. That's good. I think that's the main event because it's something that we all think because so many wrestlers have taken them. And I bet when I say that, there's people who come to your mind. You're thinking of specific stunners. Rock. rock. The rock one, you could say, is a little, you know, overwrought. I, I love it, though. Like, I I love people. It, people have been slamming Dean this week for being checked out and not giving a shit for, like, overselling the, the curb, curb stomp. stomp. Yeah. I love it. I thought it. that was good, too. I love it. You know who has an underrated stunner sell? And you just brought him up, too, is Razor Ramon. Really? Yeah. He, he like... Takes it, wobbles, and then collapses. Yeah, I've actually seen a gif of that where it's like just looped because he kind of yes. ends up in the cell in the same place it's he a was perfect, where he started. A perfect loop, yeah. And you can never tell. Yeah, it's a perfect loop. You don't, you can't see the cut at all. Yes. So yeah, that's a good, that's a good pick. Jay Moore. Next. That is a perfect main event, though. Yes. Oh, it thanks. Is, it is. It is because we talk about selling and and like guys who can sell well always kind of stand out to mm-hmm. you. So yeah, that's. Well done. Thanks, man. Appreciate no that. No problem. Jamar, our next question this week comes to us from Yayo Shirai at Not Jason, maybe. And he asks, being someone who only got back into wrestling last year after a multi-decade hiatus, I missed out on the Yes movement. How does it compare to what we are witnessing with Becky Lynch and her surge in popularity? Does one seem bigger than the other, more genuine in the fans' enthusiasm, or likely to stand the test of time? Another just home run question. Uh, I will say what Becky's doing right now is a ton of fun. And I very much enjoy it. Of course. And the people are very much at her back. It does not compare to the level that the crowd was behind Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Like, we are not seeing crowds hijack shows demanding Becky. You're correct. But they also don't need to. And that's why the Yes Movement is better. Becky, they're doing this feigning. The authority doesn't actually like it. Mm -hmm. But you have to consider, you cannot remove CM Punk from the Yes Movement story. The punk leaves, and they're like, okay, I guess it's Daniel Bryan then. And it's just met with resistance. Batista had come back. They've brought in the Hollywood guy. It's supposed to be him and Orly. Everything is just perfectly set for Daniel Bryan and the Yes Movement to happen. So I will say the Yes Movement is more likely to... I won't, But I can't say it's more genuine. But I will say it felt bigger and maybe more likely to stand the test of time, at least in terms of memorable. But both feel genuine to me. How about you? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely organic, but uh, and I and I think that this is like a historic moment too in terms of like what she's going to get 
and and where women's wrestling will be in terms of placement out of all this. Yeah. So like, yes, absolutely, this is a huge thing. But again, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't mean to be biased because I know I'm like the Daniel Bryan guy. Right. I just don't think that this is on the same level. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Now, again, there is a wrinkle that Becky is the first female in this role that makes it, you know, it's, I mean, it's its, its own variety of special, but no, it doesn't feel bigger uh, than, than the Yes Movement to me or that it will be more memorable 10 years from now. But who knows, man? Yeah, you never know the way things age. Jim, our final question this week, I almost didn't pull because we get questions like this sometimes, and I feel like we're bad at answering them because they're hard hard to answer. But I figured we'll give it a kick at the can. Are you game? Sure. And it comes to us from Andrew Dalbar, a- at A. Dalbar, and he says, Given that WWE usually does themed matches for major holidays, what would be the Valentine's gimmick match, and what would the rules be? Themed matches. Yeah, we've gotten a few of these, and they're hard to... I think it would just be kind of like the Halloween street fight, right? Yeah. Except, like, the ring and around the ring would be strewn with, like, chocolate, chocolates. Roses. Roses with the thorns still on. Oh, I like that. So you're cutting somebody up, open with your roses. I think that's great. I think you have to have, like, a win condition. For it to be a gimmick match, we have to have, like, a win condition that ties into Valentine's. I agree. Street fight rules, all of those things around... What what about you have to put the person through a table adorned with Valentine's Day things? See, it's so, I don't know how to get a good answer to these fucking questions. Why did I pull it? My answer sucks. I can hear it coming out of my mouth. It's a, you have to break someone's heart to win the match. Wow. Now yeah. we're talking. It goes on until infinity, until somebody's relationship exactly. until, is... No, until someone is just like... Yeah, it's like a I quit match, except they have to be like... <laughs> Why? <laughs> Sarah! <laughs> <laughs> J-Mo, that doesn't yeah, that's, work. that's Undertaker losing the match. Sarah! <laughs> <laughs> and that does it for this week's Listener Mailbag Madman and for this episode of Top Marks. And JMO, if you like the sounds of our voices, you can always hear more if you head on over to topmarks.patreon.net slash Worldwide Facebook and throw $5 in the hat and you get access to all of our back catalog of episodes. The recently posted WrestleMania 30 episode, the soon forthcoming Money in the Bank 2011 review as well as reviews of New Blood Rising, WrestleMania 5, all kinds of shitty stuff back there. Yeah. And you know what? I, did I talk about this last week? I don't know yet. That, that uh, I, I listened to uh, the Something to Wrestle review oh. of St. Valentine's Day Massacre. I've been meaning to do this, yeah. And I compared it to our episode on St. Valentine's Day so Massacre. Bruce Pritchard and the Lone Shark Conrad mm-hmm. Thompson, mm-hmm. the scumbags, they review it. Yeah. And then Justin Morissette and Josh Custodio, two beloved baby faces. Yeah, we <laughs> went in depth on every match on that card. Yeah. They talked about, like, the Raws leading up to it for an hour and a half, and then read what Meltzer wrote about the matches. We would never do that. No. Because we're better than Conrad. Yeah. We really gave you a breakdown of St. Valentine's Day Massacre. And Did they mention Midian running the ropes? Did they mention Bob nope. Holly yelling fuck after some branches hit him in the face? Nope. No, they did not. Absolutely not. Is it possible that they didn't even watch the show and Absolutely. just read what Meltzer, <laughs> Meltzer said? Absolutely. So we and we also would never lie to you in well, that Bruce I would took a look at that Bob Holly Al Snow match and yeah. said, I loved it. The guys were working their ass off. That match sucked. That match sucked big time. Yeah. We would never lie to you. Yeah, you're you're looking at a couple real ones over here. So, yeah. And listen, we're not trying to get your home foreclosed in ten years either. Exactly. Like, if you have no credit yeah. or no money, we can't put you in a house, yeah, nor would we encourage you to do so. Yeah, we're not trying to <laughs> shove you into a mortgage that you can't afford yeah, and man. it's going to ruin your life. Absolutely. We just want five of your dollars. Exactly. That's a- <laughs> yeah, well. Exactly. And what we are giving you is a home 
for your wrestling opinions absolutely. in the Top Marks Patreon DM. Wow, that was absolutely great. <laughs> Thank you. And until next week. Be hot. Be spicy. Taste great. Because you're Curry Man! What? 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 Titus Worldwide! You, you've been dying to talk about this. Yeah. I watched Wild Wild Country, finally. Yeah, I would say you would have loved Twitter like five months ago. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't watch it when it first came out. But What I, made I, you go back to it? Because I, I watched, uh, the first thing that I watched was, what's the, what's that new Netflix documentary that everyone's talking the about? The Ted Bundy tapes? No. Fire. Fire. Oh, fire. Well, no, not even that one. I guess there's a few. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot right now. But I watched uh, uh, one of those Netflix documentaries, and then I just got hooked on watching Netflix documentaries in general. Sure, yeah. And I was like, well, what else can I watch? Uh, I watched um, the, the the Evil Genius one. Oh, I, I only watched the first two episodes of that. Is it, it good? It was okay. It's not as good as Wild Wild Country, no, right? No, not at all. Okay, so let's talk about it. But I, I watched uh, Abducted in Plain Sight. Don't know what that is. It's about aliens? Yeah, something like that. Oh, fuck yeah. That sounds dope. Yeah. Anyways... So I from there I was just hooked on documentaries I could watch. Abducted in Plain Sight is the one that everyone's talking about. Do you love the Bogwan? <laughs> I, I think the Bogwan is a fucking jabroni. <laughs> yeah, he's a useless turd. The Mike, man, have you seen Wild The, the man country? never okay. says or does anything. That's the secret. And people are just going crazy for this guy who who as soon as they move from India to the US takes a vow of silence and never speaks publicly. <laughs> it's insane that anyone would look at this guy. Look, the Bhagwan never drew a dime in his life. <laughs> yeah, that's And for also sure. it's weird watching all this news coverage of being of watching News anchors and people the world over just refer to this guy as the Bogwan. Yeah. The Bogwan has left the country. Who the fuck is – what is this word? It's all a bunch of made-up fucking language. They all – all of the key people within the cult have changed their names to these weird, yeah. like, Ma-Anand and, like uh, – I don't even know. It's got these stupid fucking uh, titles. I hated everything about this dumbass cult. And, and it's so obviously... Look, the guy in the overalls. King. He nails it. King. He sees through it all right from the beginning. Yeah. That they just saw all these white, rich Europeans come through India looking to find God or have a spiritual moment and realized how easy it would be to grift these people. Yeah, and just give, like, generic Eastern mysticism. And, and then once they'd, like, mastered their grift in India, they brought it stateside and brought even more dum-dums into the <laughs> fold. And people, look, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand what the appeal is of the Bhagwan. He does nothing. He never even speaks. <laughs> He's a fucking turd. Can I tell you the worst thing about it? Go for it. I'm watching this show. Mm. I'm pretty sure I would have joined. Yeah. <laughs> you, lo- you love the Bogwan? No. The I bo- just, I'm just a giant mark. And like the principles where it's like, uh, let's just bring in a bunch of homeless people and make utopia. I'm like, fuck yeah, but man. Th- but then the weird thing to me was like. People are like willing to do murders, yeah, and do all this crazy you hope that shit wouldn't in happen the name of the Bhagwan. And it's like, what is it about this guy that is inspiring such an insane amount of loyalty? And it made me think of something from a news pre- a clipping that I saw making the rounds during the Grammys on Sunday. Okay, this was from an uh, this is an addendum added to a 1980 interview between Roger Ebert and Dolly Parton. Oh wow, okay. He says Two update. Legends. 
1980 interview is all quite true, but it entirely misses something. It must have happened at a different time, and I can't quite track down the piece. Here's what I remember. This is Roger Ebert. Right? Sure. I had a one-on-one interview with Dolly Parton in a hotel suite. As we spoke... I found myself enveloped by her presence. Mm. This had nothing to do with sex appeal. Far from it. It was as if I were being mesmerized by a benevolent power. I left the room in a cloud of good feeling. The next day, Siskel and I were sitting next to each other on an airplane. This will sound crazy, he said. But when I was interviewing Dolly Parton... I almost felt like she had healing powers. Wow. So maybe there's just people yeah. who have charisma to such an extent that it's like the purple man from Jessica Jones. <laughs> yeah. Just their presence can be, like they can get you to do anything. Yeah. And uh, maybe the Bogwan has that. Maybe we, maybe, and look, like you look You've got back, a lot to say about Wild yeah, Wild Country. I do. I do. I, all I can think about, I was thinking about this during the conclusion of the documentary, it's uh we were we were robbed of a mixed gender tag match for the ages of the Bhagwan and Ma Nanshila yes versus obviously Dolly Parton gotta be and Hulk Hogan wow because Hulk the Hulkster he's probably got that too you look at that guy what a useless turd and yet but to the people of the eighties he's like the greatest hunk they've ever seen <laughs> it makes no sense. Jamal, I, I don't know if I've revealed this to you before. I'm really afraid that I'd be super easy to hypnotize. Yeah. And I feel like that's why I feel like I would join that cult. Oh, okay. Until next week. <laughs> Titus Worldwide!